synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men of woman, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven, and fell to the earth, and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the man which journeyed uh, with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man, but they, lay, they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight, and neither did eat nor drink. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the street which is called Straight, and inquire in, in the house of Judas, for one called Saul of Tarsus, uh, for behold, he prayed, he prayeth, and hath seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he had done to the saints at Jerusalem. And here he had the thirty from the chief priests to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house, and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, hath sent me, that thou mightest receive thy sight, and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes, as it has been, scales, and he received sight forthwith, and arose and was baptized. And when he had received meat, he was strengthened, then saw certain days with the disciples which were uh, at Damascus. Okay, well, let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the great testimony of the Apostle Paul's uh, Lord. And um, we just want to center this around you, the one who saved him, the one who rescued him from the evil way, from the far way from you, Lord. And even though he thought he was doing the right thing, you confronted him and, and showed him what was right, Father. Please, I beg of your power upon my life, of the help of your Holy Spirit tonight uh, for me, Lord, that you would help me to preach this message and that you would speak to hearts. Thank you. Thank you again for allowing me to preach in this pulpit. Use me, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And you may be seated. Before I start and before I forget, please pray for me tomorrow. I am going to be preaching um, at a funeral 
there at the Rivera uh, funeral home at 2 o'clock, and I am going to need some help. So if, if, if some of you can attend to this funeral, I would really appreciate it. Uh, one, for the support. Second, to sing because nobody there uh, seems to know the songs we're going to be singing. And, uh, and so I, I would really appreciate if, if, if any of you could, could attend to this funeral tomorrow at 2 Pray for the uh, family, for the relatives, and for the message that, that God will put in my heart to preach, that God would just open up hearts and, and have souls saved. Amen? Okay. Um, tremendous testimony of the Apostle Paul, uh, how he got saved, his life prior t from being saved. And we see a few interesting things about, about the life of the Apostle Paul. Now, we see two names for Paul, which one is Saul and the second is Paul. We don't read in the scriptures that the name was changed from God, from Saul to Paul. But it could be that God changed his name to Paul, or it could be that he had two names because of the kind of culture that he was in. But it's interesting that the name Saul, which was only used at the beginning of his ministry, meant desired or asked for. Uh, he, his family thought he was a very special person. Maybe they had asked the Lord uh, in a very special prayer to, uh, to have Saul to come into their lives. Or maybe Saul thought he was very special and that he was desired of everybody. And you know how uh, people in, in the Old Testament were named according to their personality. I don't know how people knew how their personality was going to be, but that's how they were named. Like Jacob, uh, uh, Jacob was named uh, uh, right at the, uh, uh, at the moment that, that he was born, and his name means a deceiver. And he was a deceiver. How his parents were so accurate as to give him a name that represented his personality, I don't know. But that's how it worked in the, in the old days. And it is very interesting that after uh, the beginning of his ministry, the name of Saul was eliminated from the scriptures, and it is being called Paul, which means little or humble. This, this is so interesting. God doesn't make any mistakes. How God, after saving him and, and, and after a couple of chapters or a few chapters after chapter 9, he wasn't called Saul anymore, but he was called Paul, little or uh, humble. Who was Saul? We don't have the time to see all the verses, but if you have the time to read them in your house, read Philippians chapter 3. Um, uh, mostly all the chapter uh, tells us a little, bit of, a little bit of the life of Saul. Saul was from Tarsus of Cilicia. This uh, town was uh, situated in, in, in the south of, of uh, Turkey, what is Turkey now. We can find that out in, in, in Acts chapter 22, verse number 3. Some Bible teachers uh, explain how Paul, being a Jew, he had a double citizenship. He had a Roman citizenship, and he had uh, an Israelite citizen, citizenship. And he was proud of both of them, uh, because there in, uh, in the book of Philippians chapter 3, uh, he, he was uh, referring a little bit to it. And then in, in Acts chapter 22, and we can go there really quick. Go with me. Acts chapter 22, he claimed his rights of being a Roman citizen 
when he was persecuted from preaching the gospel. Acts chapter 22, and, and then we read on verse number 24, and it says, The chief captain commanded him to be brought into the castle and bade that he should be examined uh, by scourging that he might know wherefore they, they cried so against him. And as they bound him with thongs, Paul said unto the centurion that stood, that stood by, Is it lawful for you to scourge a man that is a Roman and uncondemned? So it is pretty interesting how Paul was a, 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 a citizen of Rome and he was a citizen of Israel. And, and both, both parts, he tried to do his best to follow the laws to his to his best ability to be a, 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 a an example citizen to to other people. Uh, the apostle Paul uh, had um, had done or followed the Jewish law uh, from being a kid all the way into his uh, his younger years, uh, just as his parents taught him. He was circumcised according and in rule to the Jewish law, which was at the eighth day. Um, and he was, uh, uh, he was um, uh, uh, a Hebrew of Hebrews, according to uh, Philippians chapter uh, 3, and I think it's verse number 7, uh, letting, letting us know or letting people know that he was a pure blood Hebrew, someone who had been keeping their uh, forefathers' language and, and, and traditions uh, it, 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 in opposition to the other Jews or to some other Jews that had adopted the Greek culture and the Greek language and had changed a lot of their forefathers' ways. But the Apostle Paul was a Hebrew of Hebrews, meaning that he followed rightly everything that he was studying the Jewish and the Jewish uh, tradition or in the Jewish uh, uh, his Jewish community. Um, also, he was a Pharisee, uh, and, and the Bible said that, says that the Pharisees were, uh, 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 they, they studied the law, and, and some of them taught the law, um, uh, and, and, and he, he, uh, he was one of those people that, that had a lot of knowledge about the Old Testament. Um, in the Gospels, uh, very frequently, the Bible says that the Pharisees were hypocritical and prideful against Jesus. Why? Because God said, or Jesus Christ said, that they, they taught people what to do, but they never showed them how to do it. They would never practice what to do. That's in Matthew chapter 23 and verse number 3. And by, by general rule, the Pharisees uh, were holy people, for saying it like that, uh, were holy people and, and were people lifted up in, in their own eyes because they thought that they kept the law of God by just keeping some of the commandments. Even the Lord Jesus said in, in the book of Matthew chapter 15 that the Pharisees uh, made man's commandments or were trying to force man's commandments to be God's commandments when God never said they were commandments. It is, it is very interesting, all these, these little things that we can study about the, about the life of the Apostle Paul. Um, but the Apostle Paul did this, he followed the Jewish law because he thought he was doing right. And, and in chapter uh, 9, of, in verse number 1 of, of, of Book of Acts, the Bible says, And saw yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, who announced to the high, the high 
the high priest, excuse me, and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, what way? Jesus' way. Uh, John chapter 14, verse number 6 says, And Jesus said, I am the truth, the way, and the life, and no one comes unto the Father but by me. He followed, uh, uh, he followed those people which were in Jesus' way. And it, re and it keeps reading uh, that, if, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem because he thought that what he did was the right thing. Now, we have a lot of people, and even us, before we got saved, we thought we were, we were doing the right thing. We thought by, that by going to a church or that coming to this church or that coming to another church, that we were just doing the right thing to do. That because we were sitting in a place listening to the Bible or to uh, how people call it a speech, we were uh, complying to what we needed spiritually speaking. Just like the Apostle Paul, he thought that by, by persecuting Christians, people who had believed in Jesus Christ, he was doing God a favor. And by eliminating them, he thought that he was complying with God's law. And you see, God never told uh, uh, his people to kill somebody just because they were heathen. They had, they, God had a very specific purpose if he, would, if he was commanded to go and fight against a nation or, 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 uh, or try to eliminate a nation uh, that, that had been bad to the people of Israel, that had been really bad to God, like uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, who, had not, who didn't have the fear of the Lord, and they would just do uh, abominable things uh, out of, uh, of a hardened heart. And, 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 and those are the, 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 the very important reasons that we see. But, but God never asked anybody to go kill somebody just because they did not believe in the God of Israel. And we see that Paul thought, well, maybe if I kill these Christians because they don't believe in the Jewish God, because they don't believe in Jehovah God, I will have the favor of God. And that's how a lost man used to have a thought in his mind. Now, if you can think about yourself, how you used to think before you got saved. You know, many people, and, and that's not to judge them because I was in that position before, but many people go to a temple of different kinds of religion to do worship or to uh, put a, a, a special object to sanctify it and to obtain a special power out of it. But once you know the truth, you know you didn't need that to get close to God. See, the, the problem with, 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 with lost people, and that's why you and I are here, not to show them we're perfect, not to show them we're better than them, but to show them what God has opened our eyes from. And that is part of the purpose that God had with Paul. You know, in, in verse number, um, uh, let's see, where am I here? Okay, verse number 15, and, 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 and that's, that's a very key, uh, important key verse in this, in, in this subject. It says, but the Lord said unto him, go thy way, for he is a, what? Chosen vessel unto me. See, God doesn't save people out of this wicked world because they're good people and they're going to become better people than everybody else. <laughs> God saves people for one reason, because there's not anybody in this world that has never sinned. We've, we've all committed sin. And according to the Bible, sin has a wage. Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, for the wages of sin is death. 
If we go to book of Revelation chapter 21 and verse number 8 where it mentions a list of sinners. It says that the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, it's, it is the second death. Right? So if we apply these two verses, we can see that the wages of sin is hell. Now, God doesn't want anybody go, to go to hell, and God doesn't send anybody to hell. And, you know, like many people say, well, you guys send people to hell. No, we don't send people to hell. We don't want anybody to go to hell. But the reality is that the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is an eternity in hell. And these are things that people don't want to hear because they just want to hear, well, you're, you may be good enough that you don't deserve hell. Well, nobody is good enough. None of us are good enough because we've all failed God. We've all uh, uh, broken God's law in one way or another. Jesus said, uh, who, uh, whatever man looks into a woman to covet her in his heart, he already committed adultery. And I'm paraphrasing, of course. But, and, and, then, uh, and then also in the book of First John in chapter, I think, 3, verse 15, the Bible says that if we get mad at somebody and hate that somebody, we've committed the, the sin of homicide. And see, that, that, that's when God puts us in a corner and we can't go to any, anywhere because God wants to confront us to tell us, hey, you're a man, you inherited the sinful nature and you need a savior. And that's the same thing he did with Paul. Paul thought he was doing the right thing, but he was just a sinner like you and I. And in, many, and, and in different verses, the apostle Paul said that he was the chief of sinners, that, 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 that he was the worst of all of them. And you see how, <laughs> how God doesn't make any mistakes. He was being called Saul at the beginning of his ministry and then later on Paul, which means little. And Paul said of himself, I'm the, I'm the chief of sinners. <laughs> he, was, he was becoming little by his own choice. But that's, that's, what happened when, that's what happens when God saves a soul. And what a lot of people don't understand is that <laughs> when God saves someone, it's to bring him out of his lostness, I don't know if I'm saying it right, but out of his lost uh, position into a new position. And what God calls that is the, 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 the new birth. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anybody is in Christ, he is a new creature. Uh, we read also John chapter 3, where Jesus speak to, speaks to Nicodemus about being born again. And see, that's being born again when God, when God comes into your heart and he, can, and he is the only one that he can give you the new birth, the, 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 the divine birth, a new nature that only comes from him. As a matter of fact, in the Jewish culture, they use that term to refer to something that only God can do. That's why Jesus told Nicodemus this. So it wasn't by accident or Jesus wasn't telling Nicodemus something that he had never heard. They, they knew that, that, that only God could change a person, that only God could give a new nature. Many of the Jews did not know anything about salvation, and we can see that in the life of Nicodemus. He had no idea what, be, what, what, what saved was about or what being saved was about because he told Jesus, well, do I have to go back into the womb of my mother and, and be born again? And Jesus said, no, 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 Nicodemus. He almost slapped him on the head and said, hey, listen, <laughs> What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. So uh, uh, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1, the Bible says that we're all dead in our own sins and, and, and transgressions. 
Because the, the, the natural man, it's dead spiritually. That's why he cannot understand spiritual principles. 2 Corinthians or 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 14. And that, that is why God has a purpose for everybody, not just for Paul. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of times we read through these Bible stories and we think, well, Lord, I will never get to Paul's level of spirituality. I'll never get to Abraham's level of faith. I'll never get to Noah's level of faith and trusting you, even though when everybody mocked him and he could not see that it was going to rain, he still believed and prepared an ark. But you see, those men were, were just ordinary men like you and I. They, they, they didn't have anything special. They didn't have superpowers. The only thing that they had was a soft heart given to God. That's all they had. Each one of them. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, David, Jehoshaphat. I mean, we can, we can talk about, you know, the, the, the Bible heroes of the Old Testament. We can, we can talk about the Bible heroes of the, of the New Testament. But they all had in common one thing, that they had a soft heart given to God. And that's all that God needs. See, Paul had a really hard heart. He might have thought that he was very desired, that he was complying to, his, to the Jewish law, and that he was doing a favor to his culture by killing Christians. But God had to confront him and said, Paul, I mean Saul, why thou persecutest me? Or why persecutest thou me? I mean, why are you against me? Why are you running against me? It's very interesting there in the um, verse number 5, what Jesus tells Paul. Saul, it says, and he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Now this expression, it is hard for thee to kick against the pricks, basically means someone who goes against reason or a higher power. Someone who tries to resist or to go against a stronger force that he cannot win a victory over. And that's what Paul was trying to do. <laughs> he was trying to resist God. He was trying to not believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Maybe he was a witness when Jesus Christ was crucified. Maybe he was at the feet of, at the, feet of the cross or, or in a group on the side as a young kid watching how Jesus was being crucified. And since then... I'm pretty sure it was God was working in his heart and, and maybe he had the, the curiosity of, of, of thinking, well, is that the truth? Is that what we as the Jewish people should believe? Is he really the Messiah? Is he really the, the one we were waiting for? Now, many of us identify with Paul and I, I, I personally identify with Paul. When I was a little kid, I was a, I was a very strong Catholic we used to live in a village. We used to go to church every Sunday. We'd never used to miss Mass. I would, I would take flowers to the Virgin. My grandmother always had flowers on her garden. And I would always, as long as there were flowers there in the garden, I would always take flowers to the Virgin Mary. But when my parents got divorced, God had been working in my heart. Before then, I had a friend who was a Christian. And I, was, I almost beat him up because he was a Christian and did not believe in the Virgin Mary. I mean, he never told me anything. He never, he never ever witnessed to me. But just because he did not believe in the Virgin Mary, I said, you know what, I'm going to beat you up. 
But when God worked in my heart through my parents' divorce, and I was invited to a Baptist church, my heart was ready to go. Uh, uh, probably two weeks after I went for the first time to the church, the, the pastor's mother-in-law came to the house and presented me the gospel and showed me with the Bible for the first time ever that I was a sinner that deserved hell. And, you know, I wasn't a bad kid. I was a good kid. I respected my parents. I, I didn't lie to my parents. I always tried to do things the right way. But that was the first time I saw myself as a sinner. Never in the Catholic Church I saw myself as a sinner because I was taught in the Catholic Church that if you're good enough, you'll deserve heaven. That if you're good enough, you can make up your way to heaven. And that's, what, that's my thought, but, but they never showed me with the Bible that that's what the Bible said. And when, when I was confronted, I, 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 that's why I say I'm identified with Paul. It was like my eyes were open to a truth that had been hidden from me for 11, 12 years. I got saved when I was 12 years. I was still a little kid. So that it was five years ago. <laughs> Don't laugh. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, somebody, somebody told me right before the service, oh, so you turned 56. And I was like, no, I turned 26 uh, this last week. But anyways, if... If, if you've really been saved and, and if, if the Lord Jesus lives in your heart and if you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior, you can identify with the apostle Paul in a way. You know, a pastor's testimony about him being saved, growing up in a Baptist church and uh, 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 listening to the scriptures twice or three times a week. But he was still lost. <laughs> he was still a sinner. See, it doesn't matter what religion you belong to. It doesn't matter what church you go to. We all need a Savior. And we all need to have that time with Jesus Christ of being honest and saying, hey, I am, I am lost, Lord. I need you because without you, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go straight down to hell. And you see, that's why it is so important to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. See, God didn't save us to keep the salvation to us only. It's so easy to just have the truth with us and, and to keep it to us and, and, and to embrace your Bible every morning and to read it and, and to put notes or write notes in your Bible. But that's, that's not just what God wants you to do. God wants you to take that book that you love so much and that you read every morning and to go share it with somebody that needs it just like you did before you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the Apostle Paul, um, after he came to the true knowledge of Jesus Christ, he was, his, his, his attitudes were, were altered. They were changed. Uh, his judgments, the, the way he, he, he lived, uh, everything around his life changed. And I ask myself many a times, I, I, I don't know the heart of people. And don't take me wrong, I can't see through people's heart. I don't know who's saved and who's not saved. But the Bible says something very clear. By their fruits, ye shall know them. So if you're someone that says, well, I don't have to show any fruits because I know the Lord's in my heart, so I, it, it, I, I can keep it just to me. God says, no, that's impossible. It's like, it's like when you plant a seed, it's impossible for you not to have the fruit of it after you water it, after, uh, after you take care of it. Sooner or later, you'll, you'll have a fruit of that little seed. 
And that's the same thing with Christians. You know, a lot of people, they play Christian, they play being saved, but in reality, they've never been saved. They've only done a decision for the Lord because their parents pushed them or because, because they didn't want to offend pastor, they didn't want to make pastor feel bad or because, you know, other people were doing it too, so they just decided to do it. But if you, don't, if you can't recall a time where you, out of your humble heart, called upon the name of the, of the Lord Jesus and, 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 and told him personally, Lord, I am a sinner and I need you, I need your salvation, maybe you never gotten, you've never gotten saved. You need, you need to fix that up. The believer chooses or prefers Jesus Christ. A Christian will never live happy in the world. Never. You could show a smile. You could show a happy face. But down deep in your heart, you'll never live happily in the world. Never. A true believer chooses the Lord Jesus Christ knowing that it is better for us to be in everything that God has for us rather than the worldly things. I mean, we live in the world. We can't get out of the world. <laughs> That's why Jesus, in his prayer in, in John chapter 17, pray, prays for his disciples and for the future disciples and says, Father, keep him, keep him as one as you and I are one. You know why? Because we have temptations in the world. Because the world accuses us. Because the world chases us or, or uh, 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 runs after us. Not chases us. Runs after us. We have the philosophies of the world. We have the philosophies of, of the dress code of the world. We have the philosophies of the music of the world. We have the philosophies even of religion from the world. And we are tempted every single day. Every single day. When a sinner it is taken to his own knowledge and acceptance that he is a sinner, he cannot receive the Lord Jesus Christ. He cannot. See, it's not that God doesn't have the power anymore to save, because God still has power. The, the problem is not with God. The problem is with whoever is taking the seed. Because the Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8, if we can go all, day, uh, uh, all there with me, uh, John chapter 1, I mean, not John, Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8, it says, But ye shall receive power after, after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and, Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. When does the Holy Spirit comes into, into our lives? When we accept the Lord Jesus Christ. He comes to live, to live in our hearts. Uh, John chapter 14, John chapter 16. We get the power from God. But the problem is that we don't use the power of God. And a lot of times we do things in our, in our own power. And it it's, it's, might not be a bad thing because we're human. Hey, listen. Listen to what Ananias had to say. Go back to, the ch to chapter 9 and verse number 13. Well, we read verse number 12 when, when, when God tells him about Paul. And it says, and, and had seen the vision, a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand 
uh, on him that he might receive his sight. And listen to what Ananias has to say. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of these men how much evil he had done to thy saints at Jerusalem. <laughs> so, Lord, I, I might not be the right one to go and help this guy. But then when he understands that it's from the Lord, verse number 17, it says, And Ananias went his way and entered into the house and put in his hands on him, said, He then saw. Is that what it says? No. <laughs> so he had to trust God that he really got saved. And he says, Brother saw. Not he then saw. And he was just in, in, in the position that many of us are of, be, of, of, of having fear of talking to people and saying, hey, they might reject me. They might say, no, I, they, they might say, I don't want to hear what you want to say. I, I don't, I, I don't want to go to your church and, and I don't want to do it. I don't want to be rejected. Now, what, why did God save Saul? I'm going to give you seven reasons why God saved Saul really quick. Number one. Six reasons. Number one, God saved Saul so that he might know Jesus personally and intimately. And we're not going to read all these verses because we've already passed the time. But you can go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16 and 17. We're right there in Acts. Go to Acts chapter 22 and verse number 14, please. Acts chapter 22 and verse number 14. Paul speaking about his testimony. And he said, the God of our fathers had chosen thee that thou shouldest know his will. And see that, that just one. And shouldest hear the voice of his mouth. See, when God wants to save somebody, they, they, God doesn't want to just save somebody to turn him into another religion. God doesn't want to do that. Because religion is vain. It doesn't matter if you call it Baptist, if you call it Assemblies of God. Catholic, Mormon, religion is vain. God wants to save people to have a relationship with God. You can follow all the Baptist doctrines and all the Baptist precepts, but you don't, if you don't have a personal relationship with God, you're lost and more lost than the lost ones. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. Because it's not about a religion. It's about a personal rela relationship with God. And that's why, that's why Jesus Christ saved Paul so that he might know him, the just one. And it says in the last, that last part of verse number 14, and shouldest hear the voice of his mouth. God speaks to those he saves. But you know how God speaks? God speaks through his word. God does just not appear unto people with a voice coming from heaven saying, thou shalt do this because God already put Whatever his will is in his book, in his holy book. He speaks to us through the sermons. He speaks to us through authority, through our pastor. Number two, why did God save Saul, the lost Saul? Because he needed to understand who he was and who God is. And I am going to read this verse. Go back uh, to, the first of, uh, to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Or uh, a little forward. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 8. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse number 8. And we're going to read two verses. And it says, And last of all, he was seen of me also as one 
born out of due time. For I am, for I am the least of the apostles. We're in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 9 now. For I am the least of the apostles, that I'm not need to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, what does it say? I am what I am. If we can all understand this principle, that we're not what we are because of our own goodness, because of our talents, or because of our good looks, if we can understand that principle, we are what we are by the grace of God. It says, and his grace which was bestowed upon me was not, what? In vain. Why? Because it changed his whole environment. Everything changed about the Apostle Paul. It says, but I laboreth, or I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. Why did God save Paul? Because he needed to understand who he was and who, who God was in his life. Number three, why did God save Paul? Because God had him to be an instrument for him. Back to the book of Acts chapter 9 and verse number 16. Acts chapter 9, verse number 16, and just give me four minutes and I'll end up this message. Acts chapter 9 and verse number 16, Bible says, for I will, uh, uh, verse number 15, I'm sorry. It says, but the Lord said unto him, go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me, a chosen instrument unto me. See, when God saves someone, he, does, he, he doesn't just save the person to have him 40, 50, 60 years sitting down in a chair in a church. God saves someone because he wants to use that person as an instrument for his work. We all need to be an instrument for God. We all need to be that vessel that God can use for his own glory and honor that could bring other souls to Jesus Christ, that can witness, that can testify of, of what God has done in his life. You know, many, many people here have marvelous testimonies, great testimonies. God delivered them from alcohol. God delivered them from drugs. God rescued his, their families when they were on the edge of divorce. Hey, God, God just didn't do that to have it to yourself. You need to go share that with somebody that needs it. If you had a marriage that was to the edge of, of divorce, you need to go speak to someone who is going through the same thing you went through and tell them how God changed your life and your family's life. That's what Paul did. He went and shared with other people what God had done to him on the way to Damascus. Number four, why did God save Saul? God saved Saul for him to suffer for Jesus Christ. Uh, Acts chapter 9, verse 16, it says, For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. A lot of people see suffering as a bad thing. But did you know that suffering makes us more human, more receptive to other people's needs? Helps us to identify with the suffering of other people and what other people need in their life. It's crazy. We don't, we don't want to go through suffering. And we, we think that because we're Christians and we've accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, our life has to be perfect. 
And God has not promised that to us. In this world, you will have affliction. Because of affliction draws us closer to God. Miss Darlene was, was saying about prayer and how she prayed today, just thanking God. I know very little things of Miss Darlene that, that, that she's gone through and that they've been really hard things. And I can, I can assure you that if she hadn't gone through those hard situations, her prayer wouldn't be as sweet as it was today. The Apostle Paul couldn't be saying like many of the modern preachers, hey, come to Jesus Christ and your life will be perfect. You'll have millions on your bank and your health will be better than a 90-year-old man. That's not what the Apostle Paul said. Romans chapter 8, verse number 36, persecution. Um, well, we don't have the time to read it, but you can, you can read it where it speaks about all kinds of things or situations going because going in his life because of, of Jesus Christ. But he says, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Wow, tremendous. Okay, number five, I'm almost done. Why did Paul get saved? God wanted to give him spiritual light. Acts chapter 22, verse 11. Acts chapter 2, verse 11. And it reads like this, and when I could not see for the glory of that light, being led by the hand of them that were with me, I came into Damascus, and one Ananias, a devout man according to the law, having a good report of all the Jews which dwelt here, there, came unto me and stood and said unto me, Brother Saul, receive thy sight. And in the same hour, I looked upon, up upon him. Saul received his physical sight. But when he lost his physical sight, he got a light that he had never had in his life, which was an ability to see spiritual things. See, he was, he was living in darkness, in spiritual dark darkness, before Jesus Christ appeared to him. He could not see he was doing bad or evil to the church of God. And lastly, why did God save Saul? Because God wanted him to be a witness of Jesus Christ and to preach his gospel. Verse 14 and 15 of chapter 22. And he said, the God of our fathers had chosen thee, that thou shouldest know his will and see that just one, and shouldest hear the voice of his mouth, for thou shalt be his witness unto all men of what thou hast seen and See, God hasn't called us to be the apostles. <laughs> the era of the apostles, it's over. But God has called us to preach his gospel and to be witnesses unto the uttermost part of the earth. Now, what is your testimony? What is the purpose that God has for you? All these little things that we've seen about the apostle Paul, I'm pretty sure you can identify yourself with them. And you can say, God has called me to preach the gospel. God has called me to share the gospel. I can't keep it to myself. Let's all pray. Let's all bow our heads and we'll have